everybody, and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. This is episode number 18, and we have a very special episode for you today. We have a very special guest with us. His name is Rosen. He is a renowned composer, and he's been kind enough to take some time out of his busy schedule to sit down and chat with Taylor and I. How you doing? Hi, everybody. I'm doing well, thank you. Thanks for having me. So before we dive right in and start picking his brain about some of his albums, some of his compositions, and what he's got going on the go. We're going to throw a few cheap plugs at you because we're all about that here on the Champions Cast. Um, we are six days away from the Zelda Dungeon Marathon, so we're hoping that you guys are going to check that out, hoping that you're excited about it. Taylor and I are going to be there, so we definitely want you guys to check in over at Zelda Dungeon on Twitch, so make sure that you listen in for that. We're going to be racing a bunch of games, uh, at least two of them head-to-head, so you can uh, you can cheer me on and boo Taylor. That'll be really cool. Yeah, well, also, sadly, I'll be wearing your team shirt, too. Also, oh, what a good segue. We have, uh, we have shirts on sale at Teespring slash store slash Zelda Dungeon. Uh, they are, you can get some Heal Spateri shirts over there, and there's a couple other shirts in there as well. You know, Zelda Dungeon, Thortok, Gooey, uh, the lesser important shirts for Heal Spateri. You can get those. Uh, proceeds go towards charity, so it's for a good cause. You're going to look cool www.teesprings.com slash store slash Zelda Dungeon. So make sure you check that out. And the next time you, uh, you're you hearing from us, we're going to be at the Zelda Dungeon Marathon and we're going to be doing Facebook Live or Instagram TV or some form of uh, hokey show there. So yeah, that's going to be pretty exciting. But now, on to what uh, you guys came for and on to what everybody's listening for. Uh, like I alluded to at the beginning, we're lucky enough to have Rosen in the studio with us as if we actually had a studio that we're recording in. Uh, and he's going to chat with us about his latest album, Ballads of Hyrule, and just uh, composing in general. So, once again, we'd just like to uh, thank you for taking the time. So, I know that you were on this podcast, uh, it was a while ago, so why don't we start off and just uh, just tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Alright, well, um, like you mentioned before, I'm a composer. Um I mostly work on films and video games. Uh, I've been doing this for a while now, but uh, I am also known as a video game remixer and specifically as a Zelda uh, remixer. So how did uh, how did you get into composing? I assume this was kind of a passion that you uh, shaped into a career. Tell us a little bit about your uh, your origin story, as it were. Yeah, um, you know, when people ask me when I, how I started, um, I really don't know because I've been playing music my whole life. Um, I started playing piano when I was six, and I took like harmony classes and all that ever since. So, I, But I guess I didn't really start writing anything until I was 18 or something like that. So uh, I also went, I went um, to music school and... Um, I went to two colleges for music as well, so I was a little crazy. Um, I went to Berklee College of Music in Boston, uh, where I majored in film scoring. So um, that's when I when I really started writing more and more seriously. And at the same time, um, it was right about um, senior year when I started really um, working on on video game music because i had done that like for fun when i was a kid you know i, I would listen to oc remix albums and like you mm-hmm. know 
um what was the other one vg mix i i believe i don't remember right now um vg24 yeah mix or something yeah, like yeah 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 and i always wanted to do the same i i kind of had done it you know when when i was a kid and stuff i, I don't even know what where those releases are I'm, i hope they're like hidden forever but i didn't really start doing anything more serious until this album came out called uh, harmony of heroes uh smash brothers album like huge collaboration and i really had a chance of just going crazy like getting an orchestra and doing um a smash brothers arrangement and that kind of like started it all um after that i started working on majora's mask and um yeah let the rest is history i guess <laughs> i was i was gonna ask this question and i wasn't quite sure where to like fit it into uh, the interview today so i'm just gonna go ahead and ask it here mm-hmm. um so to me like what i've been to see um symphony of the goddess a bunch of times mm-hmm. and it always just amazes me how like the one conductor is able to command like every every instrument like what i i guess my question is is just like how how do you handle like so many moving parts like that when you're you know when you've got all those people in front of you and they're all staring at you for direction (laughs) it's actually pretty hard i'm not gonna lie it takes like a bunch of years of experience and just like uh, training actually my i i i did a minor in conducting so it's like my second passion i guess um yeah, you, you kind of have to be ahead of the beat. So once you have the score in front of you, um, in your mind, there's a lot a lot going on, right? Like you're, you're trying to read ahead, like the, read the music ahead. Of course, you've, you've rehearsed and rehearsed with the orchestra before, but um, you, you still have to know when everyone comes in and your job is to just cue people in because let's say you're a noble player and you just get a solo in like a seven minute long piece and it's not until like in the middle of the piece right so in their sheet music it would be like uh, 48 measures of rest and then you come in right so how would they know they're not they're actually not going to count you know sometimes they bring a magazine or something because you know it's not their job to just count <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i know i know it's a lot a of people who do like <laughs> just reading nintendo power <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> uh no for real like next time you go to an orchestra uh, just just uh look over the the woodwind section and you'll see them like you know having fun or something but anyway <laughs> your job is to actually point at them and you know make sure you prepare them like a measure or two uh, before they're supposed to come in so um it's sure it's hard but at the same time the orchestra is divided in groups so it's not like you have to know what 80 or 90 people are doing at the same time right like you have all the string section and that's already like what like 40 or 50 um players so um the score really does a great job of grouping all the ensembles and all all the sections in the orchestra so that you know like who's coming in when they're coming in like you have big numbers you like you know make some annotations in there but um, yeah, you just have to really, really know the pieces that you're performing. Otherwise, it'll, it'll just you can't just like go inside with 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 an orchestra. Yeah, it, it just seems so weird. It's like you almost take for granted the music that's that's being played. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the last time I was there, I was just watching and I, and I was kind of like, I'd seen it a couple times before, so this time I wanted to zero in like how you know uh, they were actually conducting, and it just it, it was like. Was like this is this must be like super hard. So yeah. I, I just wanted to get your your take on that. <laughs> and uh, and at the same time too, like 
would uh if you had a choir with you as well is that like a different kind of uh is that a different kind of way to conduct or is that absolutely sort of the same as instruments yeah no, it is because i was gonna ask you about that too. it is very different um uh, the techniques the techniques used to conduct a choir are much different because instead of just like conducting the beat you know like being like a uh like a human metronome or like making sure that everyone knows where the downbeat is and choral conducting is more about the dynamic and the flow. So you don't necessarily conduct the beats, but rather, um, you know, how the choir is going to swell or like how, um, you know, you're just controlling dynamics. Some people even like um, cue when uh, consonants are supposed to be closed, right? Like S's or or K's or, you know, stuff like that, like hard, hard consonants. And um, it, it's... It, it's it's different. I, I can't say which one is harder because for choir conducting, obviously, I, I have a feeling that you rehearse with choir more than you do with orchestra because there's more moving parts in pitch. So what I mean by that is in an orchestra, you usually play your instrument like, I don't know, you you blow into a flute and like as long as you're, you're, you have the correct finger position, it's going to give you a C or whatever, right? Like... Uh, if you go to a right. piano and play a key, it's always going to be that same C, right? Like it, you, you play your instrument and it gives you the note that it's supposed to give you. And when you're singing, it's kind of different, right? Because you have to like use your vocal cords and, and try to pitch and, and stay in tune. And that's a little harder. So the the job of a uh, choir conductor is to keep, keep them all in a good blending uh, mix. Right. Yeah. That's really uh, interesting. It's it just... It, it it seemed to me when I was like again when I was watching this I was just like how the heck do they do this so I didn't quite know where to fit that in but I wanted to ask just for my own yeah, curiosity for sure. so that's <laughs> it's 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 so interesting to see kind of like everything else that goes into it um, like I said I think like guys like me kind of take for granted the uh, the sound that's produced so uh, thank you for answering that yeah no problem um, so let's talk now that that's out of the way let's talk uh, ballads of Hyrule. Yeah, did you uh, always intend for this album to kind of be like the antithesis to Sins of Hyrule, or was this something that you decided on later on as you put more thought into the process? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny how this album came to be, because I had done Sins of Hyrule um, last year. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's only been one year. It feels like forever. Um, I think it was October. Yeah, so... After that, it was it was such an intense like process. Uh, I don't know if you if you guys have heard the album, but it's like very dark and very heavy. So after that, I stopped very doing moody, yeah. music for like. Well, I stopped remixing music for like three or four months, uh, just because it was like super intense, and I didn't really want to work on anything else in in the meantime. And I had just finished another album too, like my Near Automata album. So it was kind of crazy. But anyway. In, I think it was around end of February. Uh, I usually do albums or singles or something in February for some reason. I have no idea. Maybe because it's after the holidays and I'm inspired again and, you know, let's do this. And uh, what I've been doing lately is trying to bring my catalog to Bandcamp now that I'm under uh, Materia Collective, my new label. And uh, so even though I have music out there, I kind of want to bring it all slowly into Bandcamp because people, my fans seem to like it way better and I like it better too. Like there's more control over everything. Anyway, so a few years ago I did this EP called Nairislav 
And that was a side project I had uh, back in the day where I wanted a more melodic, more symphonic uh, rendition to, to sell the music. And I wanted it to be a three, um, like a collection of three EPs. I wanted to do uh, Neighbor's Love, uh, The Inspire, and Ferris Wind. And um, so that was my original plan. So I was like, you know, it's been a while. Let me continue with that um, Ferris Wind uh, EP. So I started working on it. You know, I was going to do like three, four tracks, whatever. You know, this is going to be something quick. But I don't know. After after doing my first uh, full-length album, I can't do EPs anymore. It's like, I mean, I guess I could. It's, it's really easy, right? Just to, like make less songs that are like connected by a concept and then just release it. But while I'm doing that, I go crazy on like thinking all these things that I could do with it. So that EP kind of turned into a novel. Now, it's kind of a coincidence that it's also called Ballads of Hyrule. So uh, Nerus Love's full title was like, it was part of a collection called uh, Ballads of Hyrule. And um, even though I was still doing the same, I was also like, okay, you know, I should bring, um, I want to really go back to the original sessions from Nerus Love and remaster them, you know, like record, re-record parts. Like, uh, for example, there's um, uh, Sheik's Devotion and track number 13, Nerus Love, where I went back and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to like record real strings on top of it instead of having sample libraries or like, you know, just like have a second chance mm-hmm. at fixing those before I bring them back into Bandcamp. So that's why those songs are there as well. And then that just gave me the idea. You know, I was like, okay, I have two parts now out of three. Why not just go ahead and make Din's Fire as well and then just turn this into the collection that it was supposed to be, just like one album, just skip two releases. And that's how Ballast of Hyrule came to be. Now, while doing this, I... Uh, because I, I get very crazy on the lore uh, and like I always have my Hyrule Historia like next to me while I'm, when I'm writing just for like uh, inspiration and I've I mean, always it been... is the Bible for us you know I know right <laughs> so I, I kind of always grab inspiration from that and uh, if you've heard my music you've seen that I barely write about the main things you know like Link or something like that and it's, and it's always more about the side quest the side lore you know the like uh, more obscure things. So it, this way, uh, I actually meant to connect it to Sense of Hyrule, which is funny because when I announced this album, I hadn't finished half of it. I, I was like halfway through, I think. And uh, so many people got excited because uh, the name had of Hyrule, right? in it so they were like oh this is a sequel and blah blah so they figure it out like way too fast right even though that was not my intention of it being that obvious I guess right. but so it gave me the chance to actually make it into a sequel which was pretty cool because um, then it will give me a good safe segue into uh, the third album that uh, hopefully will happen Ooh, see, I was going to save this question for, for the end, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, w- I was thinking, like, when you look at Zelda, most things come in threes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was going to slip that in there and say, like, could there be a, a third of Hyrule album coming? Yes. That's true. So we, there we go. We didn't even have to go fishing for that. All right. Yeah, he just went straight in with it. Yeah. And it's interesting um, that you mentioned that, too, because uh, it really brings us into our next question, and is it... 
when you're creating these albums, you're creating these songs and and f- trying to focus in on on different themes. Is it do you find it easier or harder to focus on the series at large rather than on a particular game or a particular like aspect? Um, I think either way is fine because I, I I'm. I'm more comfortable writing when I have a concept in mind. It's kind of funny because I usually have the title, the artwork <laughs> commissioned, and like a whole list of songs I'm going to do and the, the actual track list before I even start writing the first note of the first song. So I think as long as I have a concept, it doesn't matter if it's from one game or a whole franchise or even like a, you know, like a series of franchises, not even like just Nintendo. So I think it's just easier. I just go with the concept first. For me, I was almost just like, it it, kind of struck me as like, you can pick one chocolate bar out of the whole entire store. So it's almost like, what do I pick? Like, that's kind of where I thought that it might be a little bit harder to do that because we've seen also some... uh, some albums like zero went on a game so i i thought i was just like it it must you know it must be pretty tough but uh that kind of it that leads us into our next question as well these are great segues here so emotion is such an integral part of your albums from you know sins of hyrule to ballads of hyrule and everything everything in between so i guess i guess our question is when we are listening to your music, you you really can feel the emotion that you're trying to convey. Like what what is your secret? What is your process to getting your audience to be able to connect with what you're trying to um, convey to them? Oh, that's such an interesting question um, that I've never been asked. So uh, it it's interesting because. I think the way I see video game arranging, you know, what I do is um, I'm trying to do songs the way I want to hear them. You know, let me put an example. Let's say, um, let's say I love uh, Ocarina of Time, but you know, it, it's become so nostalgic at this point and, and whatever. Like I listen to the original soundtrack mm-hmm. and it kind of sounds old, which is good, right? Like good. Uh, in a good way it's just like oh this is so memorable and this is like my childhood and whatnot but still like you know like (laughs) very cheap um (laughs) sounding right because it's like it's made with ancient equipment from nintendo 64 and all that so sometimes i just want like you hear the composition and you're like oh this is like so epic or this is so emotional but i can't get over the fact that this is like super fake or whatever right so um I i guess when i start remixing and I guess a lot of people do this too with reorchestrations or whatever. They just want to hear the same piece they know and love so well that, but you know, in the more realistic environment, right? Like that's why you go to Symphony of the Goddesses. That's why uh, you buy all this mm-hmm. like reorchestrated albums, right? Like Pokemon reorchestrated or like Twilight Symphony or whatnot, because it's like you are already convinced that these are like your favorite pieces of music. Um, but you just want to hear them like enhanced right now uh with modern music i guess i mean with modern soundtracks i guess that's harder right because all these big productions now make it very hard for us to really enhance anything so um my second reason of doing uh remixes is for myself so what i mean by that is i'm a fan first so i i guess uh i'm trying to make something that i will listen to 
you know that I guess that would be my secret. Like I wouldn't write anything that I don't want to listen to later, right? Because that was that was the the main mm-hmm. reason I did it in the first place for that, right? Like in this case, Ballads of Hyrule. Like I've always wanted to arrange a uh, Dragon Roost Island, and I just couldn't find the right time or the right album or the right concept. But it's like, oh man, I really want to hear another version of this because I've heard like a million of them, and yeah, sure they're all awesome, but like. Oh, it hasn't been done this particular way or whatever, and I really want to hear it, and I want to blast this, th- <laughs> in, you know, in my car through my speakers. Um, so yeah, I guess that's it, right? Like I, I, I want to write something. I, that feels I think right. that the, the first part of your answer was so cool, and it, it it almost seems so obvious now. You you think of those memes where it's like what I saw as a kid versus what you actually saw, and it's like <laughs> yeah. what you what you thought you saw as a kid is this grand field and stuff like that, so that's, it, you're totally right, that totally applies to the music as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, it's, that's that's a really good answer, I uh, it, and it almost, it seems like we should have thought of that earlier too. Um, segueing from that, so I know that you mentioned that modern scores have been, uh, you know, they've been improving in quality leaps and bounds even in this last console generation to the point where it's it's you know harder to improve um for a lot of those scores they're on the same level now as like big hollywood productions tv shows and stuff like that is that like is that kind of where you want to see the video game industry go in general is to have these scores that are you know it can be put on the same level as some of the the most iconic like movie scores and stuff like that and or is that something that you kind of want to you want to keep video games like a little bit separate to you? What's your what's your kind of take on that? It's kind of funny because it's already there, if not better, in my opinion. Because I mean, when when you say like you know they're at the same point and level and like a production and stuff, they kind of already are, right? Like we have soundtracks like God of War, where you know a TV composer comes in and writes the score and like it's recorded at like three different orchestras in in the world, you know, like our studios and and. Um, in Prague or whatever and here in Nashville um, so the level of production is already there it's like the same thing I don't think there's comparison anymore unless it's like an indie game um, I guess what I want to see well I, I hope video game music uh, stands out on, on its own by being more interactive than film music because film music is great it's 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 really inspiring and like it really helps the acting and you know develop the story and whatnot but want it or not it's very static right like you watch the movie again and it's the same music at the same places and video game music can turn into something way more interactive and it is already it's like super interactive um like you you might get to a point where you know, you don't experience the same exact piece of music, you know, like built in the same way twice, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of good examples, but uh, there's so many out there. I guess God of War is one of them. <laughs> I'm thinking about that right now. But even Zelda games, uh, like the combat music and, and how it develops or how it cues in and with the rest of the environment music, it's, it's just like so amazing. This, this is a good this. example. Yeah. Ganon's Castle and Twilight Princess. Yes. The higher that you get yes. up, the more pronounced his theme becomes. Exactly. And, and I know if that you go back down, it will it will be quiet again, right? Like it, it changes. Mm-hmm. It really adapts to your playing. It's very dynamic, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think uh, video game music is just going to get better at being interactive, right? Like it, it's just going to be so subtle that you're not going to notice that you're hearing different pieces in, or like different algorithms 
in one part, right? It's just going to be like all blended in together very well. And it, it's it's such a it's such a scope and and range of of process uh, processes and how you create these these different tracks. Like you know you you have such like epic and sweeping tones in Ballad of the Windfish. And then you have kind of more like a gentle flow in Sheik's Devotion. So what do you feel is most important when you're creating this music in your process? Like, what's what's the most important piece you feel? Um, in the process of writing these songs, you mean? Yeah, in creating all these different, you know, tracks. Um, well, I guess I always ask myself this question. is like, how can I do this in a way that I haven't heard before? Um, so it doesn't matter that, for example, I take uh, such a cheerful song as Dragon Roost Island and then I go, well, I haven't heard this in you know, a peaceful, relaxing mode yet, right? Or like one I like. So let's go and try that. So I, I guess that's where arranging and orchestration like comes into place because you're trying to just adapt this, this one piece um to fit a different mood or a different style. Uh, you know, it could be like smooth jazz, it could be like metal or whatever. So I guess I just go with that, right? Um, I take songs that I like and I try doing something different because what would be the point of just me trying to enhance it or just like making it exactly the same but with real instruments or whatever, right? Like people do that already all the time. So, and, and like I mentioned before, I think, yes, I think individually of it piece um, as its own and. Uh, entity, but at the same time, I'm always looking at the big picture. Like, how is this going to sound in the whole album, right? Like, like I mentioned, I I always have the track list first, so I know how I'm going to build up to certain parts. If I'm going to have this, like, like like you say, you know, you start big and then you go like uh, small again, and you go like emotional, but then you bring in something more exciting, so like the audience is not bored, and you know. So I guess that's how I fit those pieces together. Right is the and spice. It's of funny life. that you brought up, yeah. It's funny you brought up that particular track because I was actually going to ask you about Dragon Roost as well because that that's probably my favorite track off of ballads. I just it really kind of stuck with me. So I I listened to it before I I actually like read up on your website about the album and uh, it's a very apt description and it says this album is supposed to be like a night walk across the lands of Hyrule, which is like pretty much the the vibe that I kind of got listening to that before I read that. So I guess like, well, I was wondering like, do you, do you come up with that, not with that line, a night walk across Hyrule and shape your sound around that? Or do you have your sound and then you, you put that description after like, I guess kind of which comes first. Yeah. The concept comes, comes first. Definitely. I'm like, you know, I want this to sound like you're, you know, walking the lines of Hyrule. And then I have that image in mind when I'm, uh, when I'm actually like producing the music. Um, so it's definitely the concept first. Um, what was I going to say? The, the same thing happened. I don't know if you guys heard of Termina's Demise. I did that like, what was it, like two years ago? When it's basically like an audio um, experience, you like listen to it with headphones and just kind of like close your eyes and just like imagine what's going on. There's like 3D audio involved and like surround sound and whatever. So. Um, it's funny because these concepts usually come 
from me just like going out on walks or like seeing nature or like thinking about video games just playing a game just puts me in, in a specific mood and i guess uh for ballads mm -hmm. of hyrule um i was really inspired by you know like hikes through the forest and um just like nocturnal beach i guess you would call it like walks and stuff like that and i was like you know what this would be uh, like this would be a good opportunity to make a soundtrack that goes well with those moments right like when you're working when you're trying to fall asleep when you're trying to or, or when you go out for a walk or for a run and just have something to accompany you so that that really shapes the sound of the album i i literally fell asleep listening to ballads of hyrule last night so <laughs> nice. mission accomplished nice. <laughs> <laughs> i think i got about halfway through and then passed mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. Yep. That, that started happening to me about three quarters of the way through the album because the, the heat was just so much. And then I'm like, this is great <laughs> music. And I'm starting to just waver in my sleep. Yeah. But it was really good. And earlier, before, before we uh, started the show, we were talking kind of about the length of not just like albums in general, but also specific songs. And I know that when covering songs, some composers and musicians shorten or lengthen them, either with variations on segments or, you know, even adding additional music not originally heard in, in the original compositions. So my question would be, what goes into deciding how long a song should be, whether it's extended or shortened? Man, I wish I had control over that because I'm really bad at doing that kind of stuff. Um, a good example is uh, in Sins of Hyrule, the first track, it's like, what is it, like 10 minutes long or something? Um, <laughs> most composers and my friends who also do the same kind of thing and even my wife, um, they they write a structure first, right? Because even if even for instrumental music, there's a structure, right? Like you have your intro, your kind of like your verse or section A, then you kind of repeat it, but it's like a little different. And then you go into a chorus or section B, you know, and, and then you have a bridge, you know, like th there's structures you can follow for this and that will give you the length, right? Which is usually, I mean, it can be as long or as short as you want. In my case though, um, <laughs> I guess I always have a, lot, a little bit too much fun writing these songs that I either just go and write like a 10 or 12 minute minute long piece uh, because I just know that this feels like it wants to go to this ne new section and then after I'm done with that section it's like oh but then it wants to go to this and then you know we bring it to a rest and then we're gonna go into the epic part um, or the opposite right it's like oh man I'm gonna capture this beautiful moment of the piece but then I want to leave it hanging you know it's like I just want to give you two minutes of it um, rather than just repeating the same thing over and over again. Sounds to me a lot like you're combining and doing it in a really wonderful way, especially evidenced by how well the tracks turned out, in my opinion, is that like you're combining musical theory with just feeling it, you know? Yeah. I think it's important to have both parts, right? Because it has to be intellectual. You know, it has to be like, okay, uh, you use the music theory to make it sound good and, and pleasing. Um, and use those techniques to have a certain palette of sounds and then but you also have to go with your gut right it's like like i like i said before it, i'm not gonna write a track that i'm not gonna want to listen to later right because i'm a fan first so yeah you have to go with your with what your heart says <laughs> i think spontaneity can can lead to like really awesome mm -hmm. things too so but you're right it, it's a fine line because too much of that and you're just going way off course from where you intended to go so true 
Um, you definitely straddle that line, I think, pretty well. Struck it with me. I just found myself wanting more and more, and it was great. Like, yeah, that's always my my thing. Like, <laughs> people always complain that I that my last tracks are usually not like like they don't feel like an ending, or I don't even like resolve uh, you know the cadences or whatever. And yeah, that's on purpose. Like, I always want you to come back and want more right and just be like where's the next album and stuff you know so yeah i'm glad you felt that <laughs> your pr team must love you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let, let's say it goes the other way though and you're like you're just having let's say that you're having trouble with a track you're not really sure where you want it to go or you know so it's just it's not clicking for you like mm-hmm. i guess a does that ever happen to you and then like if it does what what do you do to kind of get yourself out of that funk and, and find a destination for where you want to go? Oh, yes. Well, that happens all the time. <laughs> Every single time. <laughs> even even when I finish the album, uh, and this happened with this one too, this happened with System of Hyrule, and every album I've made, it's like I already want to like not release it and just throw it away. And like, this is crap. You know, um, it's so funny. Uh, but uh, all right, so this happens all the time, and I either won just throw the track away start from scratch and that usually turns out to be better if it doesn't turn out better then i go back to the original and try to work it out and that usually helps um but you can tell when i'm forcing it right like it's like i have to be very careful with that because it's like well i already know that i planned for to have this song here but you know do i really need that right (laughs) Do I really need that one song? And sometimes I just leave it in because other people do seem to enjoy it more than I do. It's funny because my most hated tracks are my most loved tracks, which is funny and ironic. Um, So I've learned that, you know, I don't necessarily have to love what I create because I should also give others the opportunity to enjoy it. And... um, I mean, I enjoy it when I make it. That's the difference, right? Like I, like I said, like I'm making this track I really want to listen to. So I never go and write like, oh, yeah, whatever. This sounds whatever. I always love it the first time. But after listening to it like a million times, I'm like, okay, this is probably not as good or whatever. So, yeah, I guess that's how I solve that. Um, so, yeah, there's... Not the Grolies, our own worst critics, too. Yeah, that's sure. true. But I definitely have a lot of like unheard versions of these tracks. Like, Let me give you a very quick exa- example. Kakariko Village, uh, track number nine in Ballads of Hyrule, was two different songs before it came <laughs> to, to this. Um, I was just going to do a straight-up like orchestral cover of Nintendo 64's Kakariko Village. And I was just not feeling it, or it just felt, like, too cheesy, I guess. And then I was like, well, but I, the new one is cool, too. And it was missing, you know, the old Kakariko village theme in there. So mm-hmm. why don't I just, like, put them both together? Um, so, yeah, that's a good example of tracks I, like, threw away. <laughs> Funny that you say that, too, because I think uh, Kakariko is my, like, absolute favorite track on, on Ballads of Hyrule. It's oh, such nice. an amazing piece to me and it's actually the the one that i noticed myself flagging so much uh-huh. <laughs> yesterday when reading it i felt the haters like oh this music is so good oh, that's very whoa good. No. it's over what happened <laughs> did i lose two minutes and i had to re- uh, re-listen to it I was like no it's just that good i just lost myself in it you know i what did you say it was in la yesterday like 38 degrees or something like that oh yeah, my gosh was, la was like 40 like 150 crazy <laughs> 
Like uh, I think it was 94 degrees Fahrenheit when I was talking to one of our other staffers on our Discord, <laughs> and then like I was converting it to Celsius and everything, so it turned out to be like 36. Or I'm, something. A, I'm a Celsius boy. Yeah, yeah, 40. It was 40 here in LA last night. Like it was insane. That's I was gross. like, what is this? Cr- <laughs> so hot. That, that is that is gross. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna pull a left field on you here. What is your favorite game series that you have not gotten a chance to produce any work for yet or any covers of yet? Damn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you better get ready because we have we have some like l- blindsided questions for you after this too. We're gonna put you on the spot. We're hitting you with the right and left hook. Uh, here. this is really right. really tough because there's a lot of them. Like I have them all at the same level, but. Uh, if I want to go like Nintendo right now because we we're talking about Zelda and stuff, uh, Star Fox, and Ooh. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's one that I really really want to get to cover or something. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. That is what that's one of the best main themes Nintendo's got. Yeah, as long as we get a good Slippy uh, Toad theme. Don't. <laughs> yeah, don't feel like you got to stick with Nintendo though. Um. Okay, I'll say one non-Nintendo one. Um. <laughs> oh, there's so many of them, man. It's like I want to cover everything. Um, I'm trying to think. I know I'm gonna say something, and it's not gonna be the one, but you know, <laughs> Harvest Moon. Harvest you should do Harvest Moon. <laughs> like the you old N64 PlayStation, like Back to Nature status days. Like that yeah, would be yeah. sick. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Oh my gosh, um, this is super hard. I didn't know this was going to be a hard question, but you're right. We put is... people on the spot here on the Champions cast, ladies that's, and gentlemen. That's what we do. Well, it has to be a Final Fantasy. Like, Ooh. it has to be Final Fantasy, just as a franchise, not even as a game. Final like, Fantasy VIII. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. I guess I have done a couple of tracks, but it's not enough. I haven't done the ones I actually want to do, so I guess that counts. <laughs> All right. Well, we're looking forward to that, both Andy and I, that's for sure. <laughs> Hey, quickly, are you in any kind of position to answer which game you like better, Final Fantasy VIII or Final Fantasy IX? It always comes down to this. Man. This is a this is an ongoing feud on this show. <sighs> well, sadly, I usually judge games based on their music more than anything else. So if I've had to do that, I have to say Final Fantasy VIII. Now, yes, as, as an experience, yeah, as an experience overall, like gaming experience, what blew me away more, and like the characters and story and everything else, literally everything else, uh, Final Fantasy Nine. Um, Thank you. But yeah, if I have to pick one, like, oh my gosh, like if I pack, I had to pick one uh, to to take with me on a desert island, it would be eight for sure. Thank you. I'm sorry. That that's all that I need right We're there. Call it a drop. Dude, that's a really all right, so hard here's question. here's our next one okay, for you. Okay. So you better get ready. Right. What is your favorite Zelda game? Oh, okay, enough time. Nice. Okay. See, okay, on that, that all cool. three that's... of us can agree. Yeah, all three of us can agree with that. Now, this one this one I suspect might be a little bit more of a gut-wrenching question for you, but what is if you had to pick one Zelda track to listen to on repeat for the rest of your life? What is your favorite? What are you listening to? Battle of the Goddess. Hmm. Okay. Wow, that wasn't very hard at all. <laughs> That's a good choice, too. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, people wouldn't expect that, but yeah. 
<laughs> right up your alley too, Andy, because Skyward Sword is one of yeah, your favorites. I, yeah, I would. I would say I think I we ranked um, all the music tracks on Zelda Dungeon a few months ago, and that was number two on my list. Mm, nice. What's uh, my, of my favorite tracks ever? The Forest Temple from Ocarina of Time. Oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love. I love the Forest Temple. So creepy and beautiful. But uh, <laughs> so- Song yeah, of Time and Song of Healing. That's are a good answer. Mine. Yeah, the thing is, like, I as uh, much as well, I l- it, love all those uh, songs at equally, uh, the, the loops are so sh- short that I don't know if I would just listen to it, and, you know, forever in a loop. That's why I picked Ballad of the Goddess because at least that song is like two minutes or something. You know? <laughs> that that's fair. That's fair. Well, our second to last um, question. I always like to see Skyward Sword get some love. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I love that it needs it. That's for sure. People. <laughs> People underestimate its uh, quality, I feel. Yeah. But our second to last question is, what advice would you give to prospective composers who are just getting started? Should you always come from, say, a musical background, or can you kind of learn as you go? Oh, no, you can do it on your... You can be self-thought. Like, most of my friends are like that, and they're, like, way better than me. So, you know, a good example of theophany. Yeah, I, I think it just... It just depends on your passion. You know, if you have the passion for it, don't get discouraged by looking at these other composers that uh, went to school for it or like have been doing this for years because you can you can you can always start um, working on music, you know. It doesn't matter if you're like forty or fifty or whatever, you can still learn music and how to write. So never get discouraged by that. And I guess my my suggestion my suggestion would be to always try to find your own voice. It's cool to use uh, other composers as an inspiration uh, because we all do that. Uh, We always look up to someone and we try to imitate that and that's good. But as long as that leads you into finding your own voice, then that's what you should do. I feel like this is kind of a a running theme or trend amongst like the arts in general whether it's writing or you know painting drawing composing music you know it's it all seems to come down to you know if you have the passion just go for it and don't let it don't let uh the restrictions i guess bring you down yeah i think that's fair yeah so i had like i said earlier i had this question pegged for uh, for the very end to maybe try and coax some information out of you, but we've kind of already touched <laughs> on uh, what of Hyrule album might be next. So let's just say what can what can fans expect from you in the immediate future? Like what is what is next for you? Like coming up right away. Well, I'm currently working on my biggest album ever, uh, like the most ambitious one. Uh, can't say much about it, but. Uh, this is the first time I'm going to try to do multiple franchises and not just like Zelda, which it might be unexpected for my fans, but I'm really, really excited because I know there will be something in that album that you will like, you know, a medley uh, of sorts. I mean, like a Smash Brothers kind of if, if like the, the Smash Brothers of albums, you know, like crossover uh, oh, I was games. I was about to ask, is it Smash no, Brothers? No, it's not Smash Brothers. I've already done one of those, and I don't want to. It's do PlayStation one. Battle Royale. <laughs> PlayStation Battle Royale. The game. No, yeah. I'm actually combining uh, games from across all consoles. So, um, but unified by one big, big concept. So hopefully it will work out, and I can pull that off. Fingers crossed. That sounds. 
That sounds nothing um, short of exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited about that because we'll be doing some big recordings in um, in Europe and hopefully here, fingers crossed. And we'll wow. have more live instruments right. for that. And like, yeah, it it's gonna be like exciting and very, very, very different from Sense of Hyrule and um, Ballads of Hyrule. And at the same time, um, the next of Hyrule album is in in the works as well. Um, might not be done for a while but it's all planned for sure it was planned originally uh with the other two so well at least the concept and what i'm gonna touch upon so you know it's it's not hard to figure out like fans already figured out what's coming next you know if if you've noticed that the first one could be the triforce of power and it's like a very power and heavy album and um it's you know it's like mostly about like ganondorf uh then the next one is Wisdom, uh, which is Ballads of Hyrule. And it's more about, I mean, not necessarily Zelda, but if one of these is like the Zelda album, it would be this one. Um, so, you know, that Great. just leaves us with another one, right? <laughs> Some good old courage, man. <laughs> courage, the That's album. Right. We will, of course, be following both albums yeah. here on Zelda Dungeon. So awesome. uh, make sure that you are locked in for that. Mm-hmm. Um where can people check out Ballads of Hyrule right now? They can go... Oh, man, I wish I knew the links. But you can go to rosen.audio, and there's... Uh, you can find all my albums, and when you click on any of them, it will just take you to the respective uh, streaming or, like, buying places. So you can just go and click um, Ballads of Hyrule. I believe I have a website, right? It's balladsofhyrule.com. So you can go there, too. I mean, let me double check. Yeah, that exists. We'll also uh, include include the links in the in the article. So if, for those of you listening from iTunes or Podbean and such, if you go to ZeldaDungeon.net in the article where this episode is released, we will have links to that as well. Yes. All right. Well, that about does it for our chat with Rosen today. Uh, we just want to thank you for coming on again. It was a really cool chat. I think we learned a lot and got to to delve into the psyche of like what goes what goes into you know everything else behind the music so thanks a lot yeah i'm, I'm happy to hear that thanks again for inviting me and thank you for creating such and... a wonderful album it's like <laughs> yes. blew me away honestly did. i'm i'm looking forward to the to the next super smash bros <laughs> yeah <album> the playstation <laughs> Battle maybe Royale that final here. fantasy 9 album coming out too <laughs> right right <laughs> no final fantasy 8 <laughs> Uh, well, if you're we don't allow fans of Final Fantasy VIII back on the show. If you, so. if you are interested, I do have a uh, Livery Fatali, Fatali cover out there. Ooh. So. Yeah, yes. I don't think I have. And that that is an award-winning song. Yeah, as well. that's true. Slide right my, in my, my DMs own. with that, Rosen. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. So that about does it for us on the Champions Cast this week. So thank you guys for tuning in. As always, head over to iTunes, head over to Podbean, drop us a like. Drop us a comment. Drop us a subscription. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Spateri316. You can find Taylor on Twitter at GIF underscore Bluehawk. You can find Rosen on Twitter at RosenDJ. So for all of us, uh, thank you for listening. And we will see you next week from the Zelda Dungeon Marathon. It's going to be a fun one. See you guys next time. All right. Goodbye.